Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Kyramed and Proven Investments Limited. Hello friends, welcome to our Impacting Jamaica podcast. My name is Shelley Ann Harris. Today I have the pleasure of talking with Dr. Donovan Thomas, founder and president of Choose Life International, a nonprofit organization that works with suicidal persons in Jamaica since 2008. Dr. Thomas is also the author of the book, Confronting Suicide, Helping Teens at Risk. Dr. Thomas, welcome to Impacting Jamaica. Thank you so much, Shellyanne. It's such a delight to be with you on this podcast. We've been trying to do this for a while. Yes, I'm, I'm glad we're finally able to do it today. Great. Good, after, good day to your listeners. Excellent. This is such a relevant topic, uh, unfortunately, but it is a relevant topic. Suicide is said to be a leading cause of death among children and adults. How prevalent is suicide in Jamaica, the land of paradise? How prevalent is it here? You know, compared to several parts of the world, even our Caribbean neighbors as Cuba, Trinidad and Guyana, it is relatively low. When we consider things on the international scenes, the rate in Jamaica is also very relatively low, two or three per hundred thousand compared to um, other parts of the world, mm -hmm. Cuba, um, Trinidad, probably 10, 12 per 100,000, US 16 per 100,000. So it is relatively low overall. But what I find is that there's high vulnerability to, there's high tendency towards. And so our work focuses on helping us to be able to take proactive uh, actions that will maintain or even reduce the already low rate of suicide in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's interesting that it is so low, I guess, because in recent times, when you look at some of the news reports of the murder suicide cases, it makes us wonder if we are facing some kind of crisis, some kind of mental health crisis in our country. But it seems to be related to the family domestic situation. What do you say? Uh, you know, one suicide is one too many. So, yes, we ought to be outrage that every suicide that takes place, we ought to be passionate about helping people to be able to avert the next um, suicide. And many of these suicides are really due to people not being able to respond to the challenges and crises that they are facing. So people are in difficult situation, they want to get out of it, and they feel that killing themselves is the way to get out of it. I have had to say, to say to many of my clients, I know that the bottom line of what you want to do is to get rid of your problems and to make the distinction between getting rid of yourself and getting rid of the problem has really been very helpful to many of my clients. I want to talk about some of those stories in a bit, but before we get to your experience with your clients. I wanted to, first of all, learn some of the risk factors. What are some of the risk factors and warning signs that we can look out for when someone is contemplating uh, suicide? 
All right, so there are some risk factors like history of substance abuse, recent death of family or close friend, exposure to bullying behavior, sexual abuse, mental health condition, access uh, to harmful means, relationship problems, and previous suicide attempt. So those are some of the risk factors. So I'd like to make a distinction between risk factors and warning signs. Okay. Risk factors are those, those things that predispose people to um, suicide. And the warning signs are those things that say, you know what, the, the, the possibility of death by suicide is much more um, likely um, when you see these signs. So some of these warning signs are making suicide threats, like saying, I am going to kill myself. Sometimes it can be overt and sometimes it can be covert. Overt in the sense that they may make statement like, if you ever leave me, if, you, if the relationship ever breaks up, I'm gonna kill myself. Or if I ever fail my exams, or it could be simply um, goodbye. I had a client who told me goodbye some time ago, a teenager, and, and it just didn't sound right. I said to her, are you going back to the States? And she said, no. I said, you're going back to uh, Eastern Caribbean? She said, no. Mm. When I took the time to talk with her, I realized that her birthday was coming up. Mm -hmm. And she had a plan. Wow. And another risk fact, another warning sign is having suicidal plan or preparation for death. Person who knows the place, knows the time and knows the method is much more at risk than the person who say, oh, you know, sometimes I just feel like I want to kill myself. Another, mm -hmm. another um, warning sign could be self-harm, like cutting behavior, um, aggressiveness and irritability, isolation or feeling alone, and possession of lethal means of death, lethal means, and then drastic changes in behavior and moods. Those are some of those signs that really just say, you know what? We need to be more alert to what's going on with these people to be able to avoid the next suicide. Those are some good signs that, you know, loved ones can look out for. But when you talk about that person that who was leaving you and had a birthday, it was something you sensed as well. So sometimes your gut can tell you or give you a hint as to what is going on as well. Right. And that was, that was the case. I knew her background. I knew she was a troubled person. Mm. I was already involved with working with her. And so when she told me that, I, my sensors just went up and I decided to explore her, or explore with her. So when I, when I listened to her, she had a plan. And, mm. you know, um, I want to say to our listeners today, we have to listen to what those people are saying. We have to watch their mood and also observe their behavior because mm -hmm. those are some key factors um, in, in um, just understanding where people are at and, and really can be very instructive in helping us to be able to help people who are at risk of suicide. No. So there's a plan that I'd like to share with you now. Okay. Uh, just an assessment plan. Um, sorry, and, and, and test. This is actually a, an assessment scale. It is called the PIN scale, and it was developed by a man called Stephen Lansing. Mm -hmm. The P is the plan. 
the more detailed the plan, the closer the person is to the suicide risk. The eyes, the intensity of the method, the person who uses a gun or a rope is more likely to complete suicide than the person who uses, um, who takes overdose. Mm -hmm. And then the nearness of the method, does the person already have the means of death and as the support system? So when you think about nearness of method, we want to separate the person from the means of death as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And we want to, the S is we want to be able to provide the support. P is the plan, the I, the intensity of the method and the nearness of the method and S, the support system. That's a lot. And that's a useful tool to keep in mind as we, you know, spend time with our loved ones who may be in danger of, of considering this. What yeah. can we do? I mean, you mentioned some of it in terms of making sure they're not near to the, to the, um, to the weapons they could use or to the instrument they would use. But in all of your experience, what would you say to loved ones who have persons in their family that are depressed and often, you know, I, I'm aware of, of, of persons or teenagers in some families where, you know, there's a practice or a habit of cutting their wrists. Um, there are other families that I'm aware of where, you know, the children will just express a desire to not be around anymore. Um, right. What, so what, can, what can those families, parents, aunties, loved ones do to prevent it from happening, number one, and two, to help them to, to solve that feeling or to, to address that feeling of depression? All right, so let me, let me speak to the fact that um, cutters are not necessarily suicidal. So I want to clarify that okay. first, because there's something called non-suicidal um, self-injury. And sometimes our young people are hurting so much to the point that they want to feel pain mm. to distract them from the emotional pain. So wow. they cut themselves to distract themselves from the emotional pain. So they induce physical pain uh, upon themselves. And what they really want is a distraction. Mm -hmm. In all my research though, I wanted to just point out that that's a dangerous place to be. Some of the authors I've read in recent times really just say that non-suicide self-injury is on the same trajectory as suicide. And so they could continue along that path, not intending to be suicidal from the outset, but then as time goes on, um, decide that they want, they, they want to kill themselves. Mm -hmm. So the other thing about non-suicide self-injury is that sometimes people who indulge in non-suicidal self-injury become so guilty and feel so broken over the fact that they have cut themselves that they even become um, suicidal. So mm -hmm. what do parents need to do? Parents and, and all caregivers, teachers, guidance counselors, I would say the first thing is to learn that pin scale to be able to do the assessment. Mm -hmm. uh, P is a plan. I, the intensity of the method, N, the nearness of the method, and S, the support system. So be willing to work through the teenager or the adult, whoever, the child, those four steps and see if you can help them to be able to talk about what's happening. We want to encourage them to share their feelings with someone responsible. 
And notice I say someone responsible because some of our young people are meeting people over the internet who, have a, who are also suicidal and then they are, they are coming up with suicide pact and sometimes even agreeing to kill themselves together. Oh boy. We want to encourage our parents to listen mm -hmm. to our teachers and guidance counselors to listen. And I say, listen, not just with your ears, but with your eyes and with your heart. What are they trying to say to you? Understand what's, what's going on and uh, take genuine interest in these young people. They are hurting and they need people to come into their lives to be able to provide support. One of the things that I'm finding is that many of our people have not learned to resolve conflicts properly. And they feel that the way to to resolve conflict is a hurt self. And mm -hmm. I'm saying, let's teach our children and even our adults to respond uh, to, to respond to conflicts in an appropriate manner and mm -hmm. then speak positively in the lives of, of the children. Um, avoid comparing children, respond mm -hmm. to child molestation and where possible in the context of community in the context of school, in the context of uh, church, let's provide economic opportunities. And I am more interested in teaching them to fish rather than giving them a fish. Mm -hmm. And then don't be afraid to host public forums that will educate people about the issue of suicide. And now a word from our sponsors. We want to help you mark every milestone, celebrate the joy of living. Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facility's maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom, cleaning, and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals, and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. Keisha, just like me tell Pinky. Give GPS your number and then we'll send your text with them things here. So you can't stop, knock me door. What you mean? DM or call JPS and tell them to add your phone number to your account and you will know everything all the time. You're not for ask. Send your current contact information and always be in the know. Visit jpsgo.com for more info. Welcome back to our podcast. There are some what not to do if you realize that somebody is suicidal. If you're interested, we could talk about what not to do. You could give us one or two of those before we, we go on into some of the other experiences you've had. Give us one right. or two of the things that people should not do. Do not ignore a threat. Hmm. Do not say, go ahead and try. Wow, people do that? Yes. Uh, okay. You know, sign up in Jamaican context and in some, uh, somebody's up on the roof threatening to jump and they mm -hmm. say, okay, jump the jump. And, wow. and, and those kinds of stuff. And even yeah. a mother might say, okay, if you want to kill yourself, go ahead. Your, your brothers will get more food. Those kinds of things. And, and, sometimes guess, they don't, and sometimes they don't mean it. They're just trying to play devil's advocate or, you know, reverse psychology. And with I that. say, but that's how... anything that looks like devil's advocate or reserve, yeah. reverse psychology. Yeah. And do not get trapped into secrecy. 
if your child is suicidal, get help. Get help. Reach out to a counselor, guidance counselor, a pastor, um, psychiatrist, and get the help you need. And there's a there's a 24-hour helpline available now in Jamaica, uh, operated by the Ministry of Health, that is that people can call to get help for persons with who are suicidal and other mental health issues. Choose Life International stands ready to be of support also. Thank you for that. Uh, by chance, would you know the helpline? Yes, 888-639-5433. So we invite people to just have those numbers, at, that number at hand. Any hour of the day or night, there's a trained counselor on the other end of the line waiting to take your call. If you find that you call and someone on the line is busy, just call back. It means that they're helping somebody else. So just to repeat that line, that's 888-639-5433? Yes, it is. And All it right. is one eight 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 new life. Hmm. Okay, that's easier to remember. One eight 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 new life. Sometimes that can be just a lifeline that somebody needs. So thank you for sharing that. Great. I want to. I want to now go into some of the success that you have experienced. You've been working in this area for some time. Share with our 30 listeners. Years. For 30 years, yes, yes, over that's quite years. over 30 years. So that's quite a, a lifetime. Right. I would love for you to share with our listeners a suicide uh, prevention story that gives you hope and that can give all of us hope. A man was on his way to the waterfront intending to jump over. He said a voice spoke to him while he was walking to the waterfront and said, go to Choose Life International office. He said he came, he was heading to the office and he said, if a secretary ever prevents me from seeing Dr. Thomas today, I am just going to walk away and go to kill myself. It wow. so happened by God's provision that I was the one who opened the door for him. I took him in. We spoke about what's going on and he changed his mind about killing himself. In fact, it was in September some time ago and we were preparing for the world suicide prevention day we were doing face to face at that time preparing packages and so forth and he ended up helping us to prepare for the world suicide prevention day conference coming to the conference and getting help and praise oh. god he still has challenges but he's still alive today i can think of a of an education officer now who was suicidal as a as a as a teacher in training She's an education officer today. I can think of a guidance counselor who read my book many years ago. Today, he is doing doctoral work. He was suicidal and changed his mind about killing himself. I can think of a pastor who is now um, very, doing very well as a teenager was suicidal and got help through the work, of, um, through the work uh, um, that we provide. So there are just so many people, as recent as almost every day, as recent as yesterday, there's a caller who needed help. And we are in, the, in this to be able to help people choose life. And that's what we're after. We're also providing training um, for guidance counselors, pastors, HR managers. And September 10th is World Suicide Prevention Day. And every year we do have a, a, a seminar online now since um, COVID-19 came along and we are preparing for that. Now, if you'd like to hear some information about that, we can talk about that too. 
Excellent, excellent. And congratulations on the amazing work you're doing, helping all of those persons to keep to, to, to choose life and to contribute to the development of Jamaica, to the, you know, the, the prosperity in Jamaica. And we'll talk more about the seminar at another time, but I wanted to go straight into Jamaica 60. You know, sometimes we, you know, we think of Jamaica 60, but we, we don't think of the, the people and the mental well-being. We talk about resilience, but the well-being, the mental well-being, the psychological well-being is a part of, you know, what we need to reflect on as we mark this, this anniversary coming up soon. So I'd just love to hear from you what gives you hope for our country in terms of our mental and psychological well-being as a people. You know, uh, what gives me hope is that many more people are more open for mental health interventions. Hmm. Uh, I think the taboo, while it is still there, it is less intense. And I want to issue the call to all of us to be able to get the help uh, before it is too late. So we think of the, the number of people who are showing up at our office, the number of people showing up at the hospitals, uh, who are reaching out for help. That is a good sign. COVID-19 has really just brought the need yes. for us to be more proactive and watch over our mental health. And I believe people are responding to that. We are also um, seeing some, some, some administrators in the education sector who are taking up our assessment. Um, we do emotional assessment of grade seven students, and there are more and more people who are really just approaching us for that kind of service. And our mm -hmm. aim is to be able to just understand the emotional profile and to give the help. I want to ask us to speak positively over every life that we come upon. Mm -hmm. We don't know the pain. We don't know the trauma. We don't know how close somebody is to, to the edge. But make an effort to be kind, to... to to show care and concern and to go the extra mile to help our, your fellow, our fellow Jamaicans. Excellent thoughts there to, to end on. We're almost out of time, but I'd love for you now to mention about the seminar that you said was coming up. Tell us more about that. September 9th is the annual World Suicide Prevention Day seminar. It's gonna be online. Um, and we have professionals, doctors, nurses, guidance counselors, psychologists get credit for continuing education and it is running from 10 o'clock Jamaican time until until three o'clock and it's going to be stimulating excellent presenters um, Dr. George Leverage is one of them and uh, we have some overseas persons somebody who's a specialist in trauma intervention coming out of um, the Cayman Islands and there's several others um, last time, last year, we had people from four different continents participating, and we want to invite people to go to our website and to just get the information, www.chooselifeintl.org, and register to be a part of this, this conference, and we want to empower parents, guidance counselors, pastors, HR personnel, media personnel, to be more proactive in helping people who are hurting to the point that they want to, to exit this world mm. by their own hands. Dr. Thomas, thank you so much. I, I hope that conference in September, that seminar goes 
well and the right people attend, the people who are gatekeepers to, to other institutions. I hope they, they, um, they attend as well. And thank you for all the amazing work you've been doing over the last 30 years to help Jamaicans to preserve, to choose their life and to make a contribution to our country and our society. Thank you for being with us on Impacting Jamaica. Thank you so much. Um, God bless you and continue to do your good work in impacting Jamaica. Shalom. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Kyramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.